there is something comforting about knowing that other people are going through that too and being able to articulate it and um I think that it's a shame to kind of stay safe you know stay stay in a kind of a, in a safe a little area and, and not explore the, the extremities I think it's quite important to um let yourself go there you know even though it might be uncomfortable that was the voice of London songwriter Gabby Garbert discussing the need to be unafraid of those things within us and to be grateful for the opportunity to be able to explore them and to share them because individual experiences can add up to collective knowledge and I think that that is something that becomes readily apparent in Gabby's lyrics. Um, I have just dived in there with an explanation of that snippet but to say that this was a, a brilliant chat would be understanding. It was excellent and I laughed a lot through this. We speak so much about Gabby's amazing words, about Peak Doherty crying to her lyrics and uh, her phenomenal gift for penning things that could only come from herself. This unique creative ability that is innate to her and I think it's a wonderful joy to have been able to speak to her about this. Gabby Garbutt's music with the Illuminations is absolutely amazing. It is so joyous, so ebullient, so emotive, so upbeat. I firmly advise you to check it out on Spotify and get involved in that. Uh, to whet your appetite for the conversation to come, here is a song from Gabby's album, The Discredited Language of Angels, called Notes from the Undergrowth.
Awesome. Yeah, cool. Here we go. Yeah, well, here we go. Um, yeah, look, it's it's such a joy to talk to you because I honestly have spent the week in a songwriting course and co-writing songs with other people. And like it's, I wanted to be able to do that. You know, it's a kind of an interesting thing to do. Brilliant. But the act of doing so seems to remove one from one's own um, respect for the muse in many ways. You know, your own inner voice and how you write songs yourself. So it's, it's been wonderful to do it, to combine, to write a song in three hours and stuff like that. And then this morning I've been preparing for the podcast and like reading your lyrics. And yeah, your lyrics are insanely brilliant. They're so oh, amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, That's very kind. I, I'm, I, want to, I want to sort of like, I don't know where to start with it because it's like your music is relatively new to me. I'd only heard of you through Gabriel Moreno and stuff. And then Great. Like, uh, like a lot of the people I talk to have got many albums out, but you've got like one album. Uh, the discredited languages of, Eng- of angels, right? Yes. But within that, the lyrical content is like vast. So, like, what's going on there? Are you a poet, <laughs> a songwriter? Are you, where are you? What, what's going on? Talk to me. Um, what's going on? Okay. Well, I suppose. Um, I mean, my yeah. I mean, one of the reasons I adore songwriting and love songs is is uh, the the lyrics. And I mean, for me, what I'm kind of going for with the band is this sort of um, lyrical lyrical kind of intensity that I really sort of uh, strive for and, and and appreciate and try to do. Um, kind of married with this sort of um, you know euphoric brass thing going on, I suppose. So it's mm-hmm. um, yeah, because I. I I, you know, I love lyricists like, you know, people like kind of, you know, Leonard Cohen and I love a lot of poets and things. And But then I mm-hmm. also love, you know, Soul and Motown and the Dexys Midnight Runners and things like that. So I guess what I was trying to do with the record is, um, yeah, have, have this kind of almost quite like, you know, punk soul energy um, just sort of firing the lyrics forwards, I suppose, you know. So that's... Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that, so that's that was my story. <laughs> Because it's like, okay, you've got the songs. There's no denying you've got the songs. But what you've done in there is you fit... You're not afraid to put the words in that you want to say mm. in your songs. You're not compromising your poetic artistry, even in... Well, there's no song over four minutes on your record, right? So that's, that in itself is a triumph, you know. But you're not... Like, I don't know. It's it's really, really vibrant and fresh. Um, and there's particularly the song, uh, Notes from the Undergrowth, is the one that gets me every time. Like, there's something about that that puts a tear in my eye. I don't know why oh, it's so... great. Well, that, it, um, yeah, I mean, that, that song means a lot to me too because it, it's, it's you know, it's, it's about, um, you know, just like, you know, someone I, I love very dearly going through an awful depression and, um, 
and just really trying to support them through that and that kind of like almost hopelessness that you get when when you when you know that you yourself can't actually lift them out of it so you have to kind of meet them there in that undergrowth in that dark place and it um Mm -hmm. and so it's a yeah it's it's kind of quite an important uh song to me so yeah glad, glad you liked it thank you yeah i mean the words so come on let your dark side bloom into a wiry little flowers here in the undergrowth. <laughs> I could sit with you for hours and I'll bring the tangled vines to mend your fragile mind. And as the rosebuds appear, the thorns are nothing to fear because here I pulled you from the ground. Like, I uh, I don't know, for my own songwriting, like I, I, this is my, this is my weird thing, but the writing songs during the week, you know, you sit down, you write a song with someone and you come out with something and it's, it's a mutual thing. You've arrived at disagreement. You've had to put things aside. But I know myself when I write a song, I have to cut the vein. I have to, uh, I want to know, I want to know what the tunnel walls are made of like, because if I ever go and stand in the light, I want to know why I'm standing in the light. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with why things are the way they are. And if I have to dig deep into myself to find out the answers, then I'll do it. It could take a long time to come up with the answer as to why. And maybe months later after writing a song, you know, it tells you why you wrote it. And I'm guessing from your words that there's a fair bit of that within you as a human being as well, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so just the um, the the sort of co- something coming from out inside that you almost don't even really know is happening as as it's as you're kind of putting it on the page and articulating yourself. It's that kind of um, yeah. It, it it's funny because I uh, so I, I listened to your podcast with with Gabriel and obviously he was talking about the duende a lot and that's something that yeah. I really sort of fit, feel too and I think that articulates really wonderfully that that sense of the. Um, of the kind of you know the the internal struggle and like yeah you know the, the muse is beautiful and flies above you you know the the angels are wonderful when they come but really what you know what's kind of exciting is that kind of in in a sort of um that in 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 a demon that you've got to to fight to bring out that real kind of dark beauty that you know we all strive for in our in our lyrics and things and i um but yeah i mean i i mean the, the way that i kind of go about writing a song is that i do feel there's something to be um, had for like trying to harness the kind of subconscious by just, um, you know, be it in the notepad, be it at the laptop, just kind of getting all the ideas out, like like really just kind of going and then kind of seeing what you have there and then kind of crafting the song, crafting the lyrics from this sort of outpouring of like images and ideas that might come out. And it's for me, that's like the the truest way of of writing lyrics because it's like you're not um, in that initial where the, like the the song kind of springs from you're not um you're not censoring it at all you're really just kind of putting all that all raw material out and then you've got that to to play with and, and work with and hone and um mm-hmm. you know ch- chop up but uh yeah and so in, in that sense i guess what you were saying about kind of almost realizing perhaps after what really was going on you know there's always a little bit of of that as well yeah well you're describing getting out of your own way while you channel something i think is the that's it's, a great way of putting it yeah yeah this is one that comes up a lot is get out of your own way you know because we can be the we can boss our processes too much you know and i think um it's uh it's hard though it can be hard work you know when you unplug the dam you know you don't know what's behind the damn wall when you start to unplug it and all of a sudden it's like oh, am i going to be washed away by this you know and it but it's i think that it's 
it's brave. I think your songwriting is brave, and I, I know you you must have crafted your lyrics because you've you've got some very very clever rhyming going on, and your schemes are really strong, and you know the technical details of why it work are really strong. But <laughs> there are, there are lines in there that that shouldn't fit, but you make them fit, and I think <laughs> excellent. Have you had like have you worked with producers or anything like that? Do you did you work on a producer for your album? Yeah, I mean, so, so how I mean how how it kind of works is that the the song so I. Um, I, I kind of write, write, I guess, the full song in sense of the, you know, the chords, the lyrics, the vocal melody, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'll do all that mm. at home, and then I'll often kind of um, sort of home home demo it. So you know, got a nice little setup here, um, where one of my sort of instruments that I love are, you know, that like a Roland Juno keyboard, where you can kind of come yeah. up with like synthetic sort of brass lines and and violin lines and all this kind of stuff. So I'll kind of start. Um, start fleshing out the song but then the um the sort of yeah and then i'll sort of take it to the band and and in particular um so sean reed do you know sean not personally no i know of him though yes yeah, so, so he's basically been been producer for the album so um i mean it's a combination of either it's usually me him and our guitar player jimmy scandal will go around his house listen to mm. my demos some of the um maybe kind of brass lines, uh, synth lines, piano lines, they'll keep that, but we'll kind of come up with some, Sean will come up with some, that kind of thing in, uh, in you know, in, in his studio. And so we, um, yeah, you know, craft the arrangements there and then and then bring it to the band. Or the other way around where I'll have my song, I'll give them the demo, we'll just thrash it out in the room and then kind of work yeah. more uh, sort of delicately on the sort of top, you know, sort of the, the sax lines and stuff like that. But... Yeah, ultimately, I mean, yeah, Sean is producer, and I mean that—that's a real honour for me. I mean, he—he's fantastic, and one of my favourite bands is the Dexys Midnight Runners, and he mm. plays with the Dexys and helped produce produce their album and stuff like that. So, his kind of ear on the whole thing—we kind of really come from the same spot in terms of sonically, kind of what we're what we're going for, really. Yeah, does he have any input into your lyrics at all? No, no, no I, I write all my lyrics, you know. That's brilliant. No, no one can touch my yeah. lyrics. Like, yeah. that's, that's, I'm, this is the bit I'm angling for. I'm looking yeah. at my phone because your lyrics, and you put your lyrics on the website, which is brilliant, because I think listening to your album while reading the lyrics was a, a real joy. Oh, cool. You, yeah. You've got like her bones supplicant to the violin tune. I mean, you've managed to fit that in there. That's brilliant. <laughs> like, I, I didn't think that was possible, but you've done that. It's, um, yeah. What, I mean, do you, did you, with that song, had you written the melody or did... Did the words come first or with um, Lady Matador? Um, oh, it's a good, good question. I mean, like I said, I, I think that there's there's always a, like a, yeah. A, I mean, if, if I can sort of hit on any kind of way that it is usually done, like I said, so I, I, I really feel, um, you know, that, that getting these kind of, um, these like, rhyming couplets or whatever whatever they are like um out these ideas these images and then and and um and then all kind of almost at the same time i'll have this um vocal melody and ideas for um you know chords and things going on and then i'll sort of have the two next to it and, and think okay i need to and then i'll totally work at those lyrics so, so even though they, I, I was saying about them kind of being a bit freeform at the start like a hell of a lot of work goes into then you know once I've worked out what chords and stuff I want to go with those words, really, really, you know, working them, getting rid of stuff, chopping it all around until it 
um, it does have that that rhythm that fits with the chords. So I think it's it's kind of a simultaneous thing, but yeah, yeah just the, the lyrics just have that little head start over the chords in the sense that there's they're always gonna there's always something that's gonna stay true to that, even though I have to kind of pick them to pieces to be able to um, you know make it ultimately a kind of a pop, you know a pop song or something that that has that vocal uh, sort of rhythm and yeah fits mm. with sort of the vibe of the song. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's the same for me. I think it's like literally just pick up, pick up the guitar and start singing, and and things come out a lot of the time. You yeah. know, particularly choruses. Actually, those are the moments that sort of like inspire the song. Often, you know. You know, I, 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 actually, it's funny, Lady Matador. I, I wrote the chorus of that in my head, like on the loo. Like I remember very oh, yeah. distinctly <laughs> that it was something that was playing around in my head for ages, and I couldn't quite get it right. And then I was like. Something <laughs> like it. Just, <laughs> so, um, but that that song wow. actually is um, it's a, it's it's inspired by um, uh, Gabriel Marino's uh, night, like the the poetry brothel. Like a lot of the images in that is literally sitting in um, I can't remember what's it, somewhere in central London, you know, in this sort of cavernous room um, mm-hmm. and watching um, M- Mia Malone, who's actually in the music video, the um, sort of burlesque type kind of flamenco. Um, yeah. Matador dancer and um, Basher, um, the violin player, playing and yeah, you know yeah, it was yeah. it was very like it's 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 almost quite literal you know in terms of what's going on in that room there you know I see yeah it's mm. well described it is well described I wondered <laughs> where it was it's yeah. uh, it's you're you're in fine company there I think like Gabriel's a big fan of yours you know and I think it's I can see why you know I think that uh, the I don't know the 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 sense of I think celebration of your environment, but also there's a sort of like lingering subcurrent of wonder behind it as well, isn't there? I think it's, you know, it's not it's not like splash, splash, splash. It's like this, this you're holding an idea up, but you're exploring the undercurrent of that as well. You know, I think is that is that because of those nights, or were you like that before you went to those nights of Gabriel's? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where when you kind of have something in. Common, like you know, have a, a sort of a kindred spirit. You kind of end up sort of all finding each other, don't you? Really, um, yeah. I mean, I've you know, since I was in you know a, a, a teenager, like uh, William Blake has always been a huge influence on 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 mine. And and what one of the things that I, well, the way I like to approach life, but definitely I kind of put in my lyrics is the whole. Um, you know, the auguries of innocence, you know, see, uh, was it uh, heaven in the wild flower? And, you know, j- just that kind of, that sort of looking at sort of what's so brilliant in life that's readily available to you, but also feeling the, the you know, something kind of wider going on, something, yeah, just 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 something, you know, kind of eternal and important and, and re- re- really realising the moment and, um, and everything mm-hmm. that's also kind of going on sort of... Um, within that really and um the, yeah the essentiality isn't it you're trying to celebrate the essentiality of things and, absolutely it's like it's mm. just the kind of the the you, you know you're like right there viscerally in the moment but you've also kind of just believe in that moment as being kind of infinite and mm. um just yeah that that kind of you know if you you know, especially in these kind of you know nights, like you're saying about the kind of the poetry bottle, the Lantern Society, those kind of things where you're you're there. You know that there's 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 poetry. You're drinking red wine. You're with all your friends. It's a brilliant time, and it's just like all of that is very immediate and visceral. But you've got this sort of sense that there's something kind of almost transcendent about what is happening too. You know, because mm. it's really uh, just yeah. I I think that it's just re- you know realizing the 
the absolute kind of infinite beauty of the of the of the moment well well lived you know lived in love and music you know yeah yeah you're all there for a common reason as well aren't you and that's maybe the reason is bigger than the reason you're there i suppose it's it's the ultimate thing to be there for do we miss we I, i think like that's obviously that's really hard to come by now isn't it how how are you feeding that part of your soul with the with the what the whole lockdown yeah thing. well um i mean i what how am i feeling i mean i, I so i'm like I, i'm quite comfortable like kind of squirreling away and um you know reading a lot and uh, working on sort of things like you know poems and songs at home and, and writing like mm-hmm. that i mean i i'm lucky enough to um you live with my, my boyfriend dan who's also like a, a musician and things and so we kind of um we we have a lot of fun like making music together, enjoying music that that kind of thing as well. So there's a lot of um, things that yeah I can enjoy in that sense. But also um, I mean in t- like I mean one thing that I I, I am doing with Gabriel actually is that, that we're we're meeting on Zoom every now and then um, to discuss our kind of latest uh, writings. Like so um, yeah. we're both working on um, novels and I um, I haven't sort of. I don't sort of perform my poetry and stuff much these days. And so, so it's really nice to have his ear as someone to kind of show my things to. And he's been really encouraging in that sense. So um, I think it's kind of work, you know, in, in these sort of strange lockdown times, it's interesting who actually ends up being someone that you do keep that regular contact with. And um, yeah, these sort of sessions, just sort of discussing music and poetry and, and our writing with, with, with Gabriel actually has been, um, and he's been helping me a little bit with my Spanish as well because I'm half Chilean, um, but my uh-huh. my Spanish is uh, not excellent. So um, there's that that yeah. side too. So yeah, you know, you f- you find a way. You know, <laughs> it's you t- do it's, find a way. Yeah. yeah. How are you? How are you doing in this whole lockdown situation? I oh god. Well, I was all right at the start. You know, I think it was quite nice because. Um, I was able to live stream and stuff and I was quite into the process of that. But for some reason, I disappeared for four months. My, my partner is Spanish. So my son is half Spanish. Oh, wow. So we went to Madrid. We were living in Brighton and we, we, we lost our place. So we had to go to Madrid. Okay. And we were there for four months and I played electric guitar in a basement and screamed my head off because nobody could understand what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, really, I, I enjoyed disappearing for a bit, you know. Um, but having come back to, we're in Woodbridge in Suffolk now, it's... Um, I think I'm into seeing how we survive this, how the industry survives this, how we can nourish and nurture our connections and improve so that when this thing modifies the actual, well, we can't call it the renormalization of society, but however the music industry comes back out of this, we need to be stronger than we've ever been, right? Yeah. Because if we're not stronger than we've ever been, the whole music industry is just going to be the top tier of crap. And we need to survive. You know, the hyper-stylized stuff can't be the only thing that gets to go out, you know. So I'm I'm keen to try and find out what we need to do. And I'm figuring that bit out now, which is why I'm talking to people about songwriting and trying to uh, just uh, keep us going somewhat, you know. So I feel yeah. very positive. I feel very, very positive. Well, I, I like the idea that I've, I've heard kind of people say about the idea that this is going to be sort of roaring 20s, number two, and that everyone's just going to be so sort of, you know, thirsty yeah. for, you know, heading out into the night and listening to live music and everything that, you know, once we're all allowed, that uh, there's going to be a real resurgence of that kind of spirit and excitement of, um, you know, yeah, kind of music and nightlife and all that goes with yeah. it, really, you know? Yeah, I think I think that the soulers are going to need that, but there's going to need truth in the words. And... Um, so we are here, 
and I mean, you're not you're not that active on Facebook at the moment, are you? You haven't got that much stuff. No, I going mean, on. I if you step back funny, from that I, somewhat. So, like, I have a, I, I, I'm not, I don't really like social media very much. Like, uh, I've, yeah. you know, I mean, I've been rehe- so from July to December, like, I've been rehearsing every week with my band, so we're ready, like, as soon as we're allowed to, to record our second album. Like, you know, I've been working at my, like, poetry, working at my songs, working on my novels, so, like, I'm, I'm really, like, busy doing stuff, but, like, I don't know what to put on the internet, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't... Um, it, doesn't come na- it doesn't come naturally to me to, to know what to... Mm. Like, yeah, I, d- I don't know, I mean... Do you, how do you, I mean how do you feel about it? Do, do you feel that I need to be showing oh, maybe I look, should be I don't know I, I'm I, 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 I don't know look if I was absolutely honestly yeah. truthful with you I'd say fuck Facebook and all that shit I absolutely yeah. detest it and I hate it but it's probably the only megaphone we've got yeah. at the moment but I'm reluctantly there I really don't like to talk about myself that much at all you know I think yeah. that I like the words and music to speak for themselves and that would be amazing if that was the case but that doesn't happen without a bit of shouting um, yeah. but I don't I don't think you should be doing anything you don't want to do I think you're doing everything you need to do at the moment you're you're happy you're writing you're yeah, sharing I guess the way that I felt because I actually like I've got a, a very very dear friend who if he li- listens to this he'll know exactly who he is um, who basically was having a little bit of a go at me for not doing enough on social media and I was like look like I'm actually like doing the actual stuff like you know I'm working my songs I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing like but he was like mm. oh you got to like you know so you know what actually so, so I, um, I I might put a, I might put a poet so I don't I don't put much kind of my poems and stuff online but I had I mm. sent a poem to Gabriel that I'd written recently that he, he was gave me some really positive feedback on so I might I might put that online tomorrow and there's, there's my little bit for <laughs> no I know but you could make a whole thing out of it right you, you could put your poem on a boat and put it in a canal or something and <laughs> send it down to, down to Gabriel and he could read it like that'd be really cool it'd be quite or just nice. like have it in my hand and like slowly set it on fire or something like that you there know? you go yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and watch the ashes like <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm getting the idea alright yeah yeah you go yeah 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 it's, it's hard isn't it it's hard to engage with something that also it's not that rewarding Facebook it's, it's sort mm. of like the most silly thing can be as rewarding as the most unbelievably amazing thing. And they don't yeah. have a difference as far as reward goes in terms of the machinery, you know? So. Yeah, I guess I don't, I, what I don't like, like, cause I, I'm not like anti-social media. Like I, I, I know that yeah. it's, it's, it's needed and it's kind of, you know, it's, it has got this sort of democratizing force in terms of everyone can put their stuff up there and things. I guess I, I'm just very aware of, of this psychology with it. And it's just like, if I don't put anything up on it, then I kind of forget about it and, and get on with life. As soon as you start putting stuff on it, there's that kind of slightly anxious part of yourself. It's like, oh, you know, what are people going to think? And and I, and I like, I, I hate that. Like, I, I hate that feeling. And I just think yeah. I prefer, you know, just to get on with reality rather than have one eye, yeah. like, oh, you know... Uh, yeah, and it, well, it sucks because I, I saw a friend, a friend of mine I know in, in in Ireland who put a photograph of of lovely view. He put the photograph up there, and, and all I could think was like, if he doesn't get twenty five likes on this, he's going to be disappointed. Maybe the only reason he went there in the first place was to take a photograph to put on Facebook. So what does that say about what, what's that about? If we do that to our art, what does that mean to our art? You know, that's the thing. It's it's just kind of trying to stay, you know, 
stay true and I mean you know there, there are obviously there are things that I that I've been meaning to do so, so a good friend of mine um who actually made the um with Bruno so my, my friend uh, Lorenzo Lavrini um excellent cinematographer he made the um, music video for Notes from the Underground Growth with yeah. his friend Bruno and he said he's got some eight millimeter tape in his fridge that needs using so once we're allowed I'm thinking about making a um like a little sh- short um, video, just like a um, an acoustic sort of video, you know, me playing some songs acoustic filmed on this nice yeah. tape. Um, so that's something I can put on, on the internet at some stage. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also think you should put the video for Notes from the Underground on your website because you haven't done that either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> good, good shout. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll make a, make a note of well, that. Well, it's a real shame because that, that that's a phenomenally interesting video as well. I think it's great, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, so, so Lorenzo is one of my oldest friends, and he was in my first band, um, The Bread Stealers, uh, he was the, the drummer, and um, yeah, we, you know, we've just stayed kind of good good friends since, and it was really great when um, him and his friend Bruno just said they really want to make a video for that, that there's something about that song that, um, yeah, it was really nice, a bit like what you said, it, it, um, it just hit them somehow, and they wanted, and it, it inspired them to want to make a kind of a video to, to do with it and stuff. So it's very much mm-hmm. visually, it's it's their it's their vision. It's totally their vision. You know what I mean? I was just happy to supply the song and and the beat up piano that got moved from uh, West London to Haggerston at two thirty in the morning. How did you do that? Um, we got a, our friend Johnny Vat, so we had to like. You know, so there's the in the, at the beginning and the end. You know, there's that piano like outdoors yeah. and the sunrise and yeah. stuff like that. So, so, so it's in our um, what well, was old flat around the corner in Acton, um, and um, it, yeah, just Bruno and um, and and Lorenzo and, and me and Dan and um, Johnny Van. We all just, I mean, it's a super heavy piano. You know, the big old yeah. lump of was it cement or whatever, whatever it is at the bottom lead. That um, yes, yeah, so we yeah. just all got it onto his van and then to get there in time for sunrise you had to get there at like kind of 3.30 in the morning and then we had to even get it up some steps when we were there like it was yeah it was. It wasn't easy but um, anything is, is for that, their vision is that is that the Beauvoir town where that uh, is um, yes yes it is on the canal yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. did you leave it there what did you do with it afterwards no 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 we just brought, brought it back home again I mean it's, it's oh, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah like um, it is like the piano is a bit fucked now to be honest like it's 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 permanently on sustain rather so we need okay. to kind of, that's what you want yeah. isn't it you know <laughs> it got a bit knocked about so i think we have to work out um how to how to get it working properly again yeah you should have left it in the Bouvoir town i mean the kids <laughs> down there are pushing people into canals all the time so maybe the piano would have saved them from that mystery you know oh. but anyway yeah. yeah um it's uh so are you from london um, originally, I was born yeah. in in North London, and um, but then moved to Gloucester when I was like yeah. two, two or three or something, um, and then came back to go to. Um, well, I came back because I just really wanted to go to London, you know. Uh, but mm. I, I studied English literature at uh, Goldsmiths. Right. So you actually are a Londoner. It's nice to meet a Londoner. Very rare. <laughs> Just <laughs> about. I mean, London. like, it's, a, it's yeah. I te- it's almost a technicality at this stage, but yes, sure. I'm, I'm, I happily call myself a Londoner. Absolutely. Feel very yeah. comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so, is, is are you from a musical family? I, I'm from a family where music has always been very important. So, so like I said, so my my mum is from um, 
chilly and mm. and we've always grown up listening to a lot of kind of you know latin american music and things and you know going to see uh, music live as kids like lots of kind of world music and things also people like you know lena cohen bob dylan so that there was all there was always like a, a real love of music um but even though i mean my mum played a bit of cello and um What's interesting is actually it's it's kind of my it's it's my generation like across the especially on the Chilean side um, that we all do music. So I've got like mm-hmm. so my, my my brother is a musician. I'm a musician. My um, cousin Paula um, is is a singer, piano player, songwriter. My cousin uh, Katrina, um, she's in in America, but she was also from the Chilean side. Um, my cousin Sebastian, like they're all like all mu- musicians, you know. And mm-hmm. so it's like. There was something in the in the in the in the spirit and what was played to us when we were kids and stuff of my mum's generation and her siblings, but we all manifested in our generation actually being um, musical. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's really nice. It's nice that it all comes from Chile. The music, musicality. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, but like I said, you know, my, my dad's always had a real passion for music and he was the one, you know, taking us to see Bob Dylan when we were young and, you know, world music, yeah. like, you know, Baba Mal and stuff like that. Like, we'd go to all these different... Like, he, he was, he's always had a, um, you know, an inquiring mind and a, and a love of music and, you know, played a lot, uh, you know, lots of kind of jazz and stuff to us at home. So so it's, yeah, it's, it's always been very, very present, you know, and um, yeah. in Gloucester that there was this, there was this barn that we used to go to on Saturday mornings to keep us out of trouble and <laughs> we'd go and sing and play music and stuff yeah. like that. Um, that was a sort of a mainstay of my childhood as well. Uh, so, yeah. Nice. And have you been to Chile? Yes, many times, many times. Like, um, my so my, my grandparents are there like I've got all my aunts and cousins and all sorts you know mm-hmm. so, so we go every kind of about every three years or so um and it's yeah I mean it, it's an incredible country I mean in sort of culturally because obviously you've got you know Pablo Neruda the poet um you know from there and things and I mean visually because it's kind of you know um just in terms of, sort of like landscape and what you can experience I mean because it's like long and, and thin um yeah. so you've got you know, you've got you've got the Andes, you've got um, you know the South, which is uh, in you know uh, got you've got like Torres del Paine there. You've got the desert, you've got the Atacama Desert. You know, it's it's you've got like cities like kind of uh, Valparaiso and, and Santiago. Like there's there's so much variation in the kind of like the the terrain that you get to experience there. You know, in, in the ocean and stuff. It's it's a it's an incredible country and um, yeah, it's always because my. Um, my my mum and her siblings all came over here because they were exiled here by Pinochet, you know the the, the fascist. Um, right. So the I think the another thing that's again from both sides, but very much from the the mum's side is the kind of the the, the politics and the um, the kind of a, a awareness of uh, what can happen when. Yeah, just as about how how far right things can go, and and what happens when, mm. you know, to human rights and uh, in that in that situation, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you do you um, step on politics in your lyrics ever? So, to the, the way that I feel about it is that because of like because of my upbringing, because my like because my you know my uh, mum and her family they supported the socialist Allende, you know they they post Pinochet like my my granddad was put in a concentration camp by by Pinochet for and then exiled so so, so the um, 
and then like my mum met my dad at like a Tony Benn conference about the Sandinistas, like the Nicaraguan Sandinistas. So like, and my dad was like anti Thatcher Labour Party person. Like, th- there was no way I wasn't going to be like a political person. It's like in my kind of blood. Yeah. And and I I'm not overtly political I don't feel for the most part in my lyrics but I feel that that spirit is just I can't help but have it in there and and that in that way I had a really good chat about this with Gabriel uh, recently about basically the way that I feel of it it's like the kind of the William Blake thing because he isn't in for a lot of his poetry he's not overtly political but there's that that sort of the spirit in what he's kind of talking about has that kind of undercurrent and I suppose that's what I um I aim for, you know, mm. where, where um, there's there's a book um, called Why Poetry by uh, Matthew Zapruder, um, and he has a it's a very inspiring book, and he taught he's mm. got this whole section about political poetry and how there's just something um, there's some tension between uh, what what poetry is so brilliant at in terms of that kind of was what kind of Keats called like negative capability like that that space for ambiguity and, and freedom and things like that and mm. actually what's really needed in, in terms of like a, a, a full sort of political manifesto that's so explicit you know and has a really clear vision and how there is even though the two things can work wonderfully together there is that tension to be to be aware of you know and so I um yeah that those are the kind of things that I think about when thinking about politics and lyrics anyway. Yeah, I mean, you have to be careful as well going down that road. I mean, because your music, even without the words, would have some sort of, it could potentially be political because it's that sort of music, isn't it? It has a, it has a, a sort of unifying nature to it, doesn't it? Mm. I think it's, it's although it's celebratory in the past, there could have been political overtones to that kind of music in many ways. And, yeah. you know, you're, you're clever not jumping down that road. I did note that you played... On, did you play on Waterloo Bridge in the um, Extinction Rebellion thing? I think you were playing for that, weren't you, at some point? Oh, yeah, yeah, there was the... Um, oh, where was it? It was up near Marble Arch, we were... Oh, you were in, you were in that area, yeah. Yeah. How was that? How so did you we get were, involved in you that? You know what, it's really... Basically, I, um, I got really ill just before we had to go on stage. So we at the it was really about the last minute we had to pull it, I had to go to hospital basically. On our way. Oh, yeah, Jesus. yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> What a shame. So I'm like I was fine and you know, all all's well that ends well. But um yeah it was it was really I think it's like the only gig I think I've maybe ever pulled. But I was I really wanted to do it and I, I basically felt like I was gonna pass out. I suddenly felt really, really unwell. Um had to go to hospital. Wow. Um, oh God. Yeah. But um, what was it that was wrong with me in the end? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some sort of you like... You went to hospital, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. no idea. <laughs> I think like, it was like some sort of like lymph, infect, lymph node infection or something. I had some sort of infection thing going on. Right, okay. Um, that uh, floored me. Um, that Damn. Yeah. So, so even though I was there and ready to play at the last minute, I, I couldn't get on stage. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. I think you, you're obviously missing quite a few gigs now, aren't you? Because you had some nice ones lined up with the, oh, the Boomtown Rats. Yeah, I, is that going to happen? Um, so, which one? The Boomtown Rats one? Is that all? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so it what's so what's quite um, just in terms of obviously there's so much 
awful things going on in the world at the moment. So so this is just a, a very uh, selfish tale of woe. But um, mm-hmm. so last year, 2020, started incredibly. Like I love, um, like like Keris Matthews is one of my heroes. And we started the year doing a BBC Six, you know, music live session on her show. So I was like, brilliant. Oh, wow. And then, you know, yeah. we had, and then it was like, we had, um, yeah, then the Boomtown Rats tour lined up. We had a festival in Germany supporting libertines at rochester castle um had like you know sort of radio stuff kind of like records and stuff ready to go to radio with it all this kind of stuff like all kind of coming together really nicely showcase at the grab joe club um anyway and then obviously the the pandemic happened and uh so yeah so so that's really that was quite like gutting it was one of those things where a bit like you said like initially it was like oh, this is fine, like, just kind of crack on with other stuff, like, use the extra time, this kind of thing. Mm. And then, like, to, like as the year wore on, it was like, oh, my God. Like that So, um, anyway, the Boomtown Rats tour is due to be rescheduled. I mean, it's, it's been rescheduled for September of this year. So we'll see. Well, I really, really hope it can happen. You know? That's definitely possible. I think that that will happen. It's you late might get this like window of opportunity there for that to happen. You know, before we lock down again. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I feel it's well timed, and I really, really would love it to go ahead because I was, you know, really excited for that. Um, yeah. what, 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 what would you do if that didn't happen? <laughs> it's planned now, in just in case, you know. Um, I, what would I do if that didn't happen? I just, I mean, I think what we want to do this year like I said we're ready and raring to record the second album like we need to get that done like um and you know put that out I mean I don't know but I mean what we would do if it didn't happen I guess it's just riding the you know the tumultuous waves of the modern age and working out where we can you know Mm. put our music and do our music I mean um yeah I I don't know what I mean I'd hope that it would be rescheduled for next year but yeah (laughs) <laughs> who knows you know but that, that's yeah, the, yeah. I, I suppose I suppose like if you've got the songs ready for the album and the album's ready to go is it yes yeah we, yeah. Yeah, we need a little bit more on um, arrangements but ultimately yeah we've got um, what 10 11 songs you know in the bag yeah. or, like kind of bass drums uh, vocals guitar all that stuff already and and lots of um, the kind of the sax keys keys synths parts all kind of so yeah. we've just got a few little minor bits and bobs, but we could al- we could almost do that when we're kind of recording, like come up with those arrangements, kind of as we yeah, yeah, as we totally, go. So totally, yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah, we are we are ready to go, you know. Yeah, so, so, the, right. so, the boom, the, to, so the Boomtown Rats gig would be a luxury then because like you've already the best part is that the album's ready to go, right? And you're you're looking forward to going into the studio and laying that down, right? And then just going, here's our music. So the thing is, like when you've done that. The hardest part really is in trying to figure out what to do with it, especially now that the things have changed. And, and obviously, I think moving forward, things will have to change with how we try and perform, trying to figure out what that's going to be. What are we going to do? So in the meantime, I, th- I think the hard part is to figure out what would you do if you were still in lockdown, you know, and your yeah, album's ready to yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think like you say, you know, there, there's, there's ways to utilise kind of, social media in terms of like doing like live streams and stuff like that but I think that you know obviously you know we've been really lucky we had some really good um radio play for the last album so hopefully you know these these songs will be picked up by radio and stuff so it could be you know that will get out into the world that way um I guess you know it depends what what we're what we're kind of allowed to do I suppose you know I mean we might be Mm. able to do little shows little outside shows you know just just kind of um, be kind of creative with it and work out between us and our on our friends and um, you know find out what's going on and, and what we 
would be able to do, really. Yeah, but, I mean, at, at some point, rebellion will ensue if there's still a lockdown going on. I mean, you know, get yourself a canal barge and do your gigs on the bars and just tour around London like that, you <laughs> yeah. know, because... Like it's it is get is we're gonna to have to find a way of doing this stuff, you know, because we can't just sit in our rooms. There there comes a point when we need to communicate, mm. and and to try and figure that part out. So I'm looking forward to hearing your record and seeing what you do. You know, um, the, the the question about your last record was it recorded the tape? Uh, no, no, so, so it wasn't. We actually um, something that I forgot to mention. So so in uh, summer in July of uh, last year, 2020, we we did. We did a little session, a Brixton Hill session to tape, which was which was cool. So that that will be a little thing. Like it was like a, about three or four of songs from the old album, and like three or four uh, new songs, and that's just going to be a little thing that exists. But no, our, yeah. our actual album, we we didn't record it to tape. So, so we recorded it um, between some of it was at Sean's own studio, which is uh, Famous Times in in um, in Hackney. And we mm. also went up to Edwin Collins's studio, um, right up in Helmsdale. Wow. In the North- yeah, it was so wonderful. It was gorgeous. So we did the vocals and the mixing and stuff up there. Um, and with this this record that we with the next record, we're hoping to do everything up at Edwin's studio. Uh, again, it's mm. it's Scotland. There's a whole lockdown situation. So so I think that obviously we need to keep an eye on what um, you know Nicola Sturgeon allows and doesn't allow and be safe yeah. and do all the right things and just do it when when we when we can really you know i think that it there's a lot of um just kind of uh accepting your that was it the nietzschean idea of amalfati like uh accepting your fate like you have um yeah you you know you just have to kind of roll with it really like there's no it's it's a great lesson in patience all this isn't it really just just kind of prepping yourself mm. doing what you can with the time and then just being ready and taking the opportunities when, when you can. Yeah, it's 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 sort of like being a fighter who's in chains, training all the time for the moment the chains are taken off and he's like, all right, come on, I'm ready, you know. It's, it's a bit like that. But eventually you'll break the chains yourself because you're training so hard. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, um, it, it is um, Edwin Collins' studio, is that tape? I think it's probably a totally incredible studio, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. So, so you, I mean, I think, I think you, have, you have the option to record to tape or um, digitally. Hmm. But I mean, the, the studio is incredible. All the equipment there, like the, the sort of the motherboard, like spaceship desk is incredible. Yeah. But I mean, the whole the whole thing, like, so it's, um, yeah, like I said, it's like right up in Helmsdale. So, you know, deepest, darkest rural Scotland. You're getting up right up towards John O'Groats, you know, um, yeah, and the and it's right on top of this hill, and you've got so half of it you've got this huge big recording room, you know, where you've got all the nice amps and guitars and the great studio, and then you've got a little walkway, and you've got the brilliant sort of artist accommodation. So it's a really lovely place to just kind of stay, and um, yeah, so all the like the equipment and the microphone. I think like the the mic that I used, I think I used it for um, the fall. Uh, I think it's uh, heat the machine. And maybe mm. higher place. The mic one was the same one that Edwin Collins recorded "Never Met a Girl Like You Before" on. Yeah, so it's got yeah, yeah. <laughs> little cool. kind of fun fact. Um, so it's like yeah, yeah so, so it's got you know it's a, it's a wonderful studio and um, to be able to record up there, especially doing the whole album, would be a really great adventure for the gang. You know, for 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 the band, let alone you know how lucky we would be to record on such great equipment. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Tell there is about- the option of tape anyway. Tell me about the band. How long have you been a, a band? So we have been a band since um, 
2007 and end half of 2017 so it kind of started out um mm. so basically i've been in like two bands previously so i had the bread stealers and then i had a band called the sticklers and with the sticklers we were um we did some recording with sean i met sean through through my partner dan yeah and um and sean seemed to kind of like what i was doing so when the sort of the sticklers disbanded I, I i sent him um just a couple of my home demos and he was like oh this is brilliant like and so we went into the sort of studio together and we that's when we kind of uh sort of started recording and coming up with ideas for the sound of the the current band you know so because he's like you know sax player and stuff so that's kind of he, yeah he, what was really nice is so like i bought the demos that i brought to him had all these funny little uh juno synth sax lines so to be able to hear them played so kind of majestically <laughs> i'm very jealous of that i tell you i write sax lines all the time I'm like, <laughs> you spend so much effort trying to make one note sort of swell in and then yeah. I, like there's when I was in Ireland, I was I remember this is sort of gone off on a parallel tangent, but I remember there was like a twenty foot long ditch, and I had to dig it to plant some trees, and I dug six foot of it. It took me six hours, and the digger came along and dug the rest of it in five minutes. And I think that, <laughs> it'd be like that with brass. That's it a, must no, be it amazing. Was like to... metaphor, like a yeah, but um, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so, so he's and like I said, yeah, you know, Sean's played with people like obviously uh, he's the Edwin Collins con- connection, but you know Chrissy Hine, yeah. Beth and all these people. So um, yeah, so it was obviously really kind of chuffed that he wanted to collaborate with me on this, and um, and then we brought in um, Jimmy Scandal, a guitar player who's really excellent, and um, mm. we did have someone called Stephen Gilchrist on drums, but we now have a guy called um, Ollie Jones, uh, who's in a band called Hackles that are really cool as well, and yeah, um, yeah then we got Sean, a guy called Alex, sometimes plays with us as well, who plays with uh, Martha Reeves, and he's a kind of cool little sort wow. of producer and songwriter in his own. Right and um, and D- Dan is the bass player, so D- yeah, my my partner because I I basically play bass in his band Reels and he plays bass in in my band, so um, it's quite a good sort of reciprocal <laughs> situation there. Ah, <laughs> uh, I love that. That's brilliant. You're both grounding each other's bands. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's it sounds like I I'd, honestly I would love to have a project like that to play with. It must be insane. Like I'd be walking around the city of London going, yes, okay, I can hear the horn bar, and it's going to be played by real horn players. This is amazing. <laughs> It's like it's the, the rhythm of the city it sort of comes across in the music, doesn't it? I think. Um, what about like what, what's it been like? Have you done gigs with the Libertines then? You've, you've, yeah, you've had yeah. the chance to put your whole band on a big stage and experience that and feed from the crowd and stuff. What's Absolutely. That like? so, so we had um, yeah, we had a wonderful tour with the Libertines um, in, in Europe uh, in November. God, it's so funny because I keep thinking like I was last year, but like last year, most of it was such a write-off. It actually turns out it was the year blank. before. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so in in like October, November, two thousand nineteen. Um, yeah, we played we played um in Paris uh at the the Olympia, um, which is just wow. such a gorgeous venue. And actually, it's one of the sort of maybe highlights of my life having my name up in lights on the front of the Olympia, which was just insane. Yeah. Um, and and that was just yeah incredible. And then playing some shows with them in Germany, like Munich and Cologne, Berlin and things and um yes so to, you know playing to um yeah crowds of 2000 3000 people was um absolutely just the best fun ever uh the mm. whole experience of touring with them was incredible um and also so with the tour we did with Edwin Collins as well in 2019 was brilliant too um but mm. yeah yeah so we've had yeah getting that like say when you've got you know the the the, the the kind of the big booming sound and the energy and the vibe of those big stages having that either five or six piece 
um, you know, with, with brass and stuff going yeah. on, it's, it's, it's very exciting. You, you know, really just like kind of running around on stage, just totally like propelled by the, the you know, the, the sonic energy of the of the band. Yeah, know? it's for that. That's what it's for. Like a, like a band is made for a stage, isn't it? Like in that particular instance. Did yourself and Pete like um, write lyrics together? Or I guess he must love your lyrics because he's also an incredible lyricist. Yes. Right? So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Pete Doherty was fantastic. Like, so we... Um, I think it was after the the Munich show, like we were like backstage, and I gave um, Pete Doherty and Carl. They were together, I gave him one of my lyric books, and yeah. basically like they were sort of re- they were reading it together, and and like Pete Doherty was like start reading the the lyrics. Like he read the fool, and then he read this high pace. And as he was reading, he he started crying, and then he oh. he, he took my lyric book. He like sort of kicked something over, and then like disappeared off, and then like. <laughs> um, and then the next day, like, it was amazing, like, the evening, because obviously then we all kind of reconvened in, in Berlin and stuff, and he was, like, basically, he said he'd been, like, reading my lyrics all day, and, like, and he had been, because he was reciting them back to me, you know? Um, and that, that was amazing. We, we just had this really, like, wonderful sort of, uh, just kind of hangout in his in his van, like, just chatting about poetry and, and music and lyrics, and, I mean, he um, he's given me his number to... to, to collaborate with him to, so we can write a song at some stage but I think that obviously the year's been mental and um, mm. you know he's spends most of his time in Paris and stuff so, so there is um, that's you know that's on that's on the cards when it happens who knows but uh, yeah he, and it was <laughs> he's fantastic he was there like kind of reading like is it Anthony Artaud you know Artaud the French guy like in the original French like translating it into English and um, yeah. yeah he gave like he, he like gave me this bracelet that says like um uh, Albion in like Korean or something like that. <laughs> he's a real, Aww. he's a real charmer. He's he's very and he's like you know dogs are running around all the place like. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's he he was great, really great. It was it was yeah, really. I mean that tour was just brilliant and, um, like I remember we we had this night off in Munich and it was just me, me and me and my band and we we uh, kind of were like sort of trawling around because we were kind of on the edge of town for a little bar and like we we had a little nightcap and then. Um, I think the the sort of the bar owners were like, oh, this is so cool. They're like playing rhythm So they they did like a, a lock in, and we just spent all night just like dancing and drinking, and you know, oh. just it just one that yeah, it was just a, it was just a great great tour, and um, just sort of razzing around in this sort of like beat up van, just like with all our gear in the back, and everyone just like. like the, um, <laughs> what was quite funny actually is that the Paris date was on its own, like so so the 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 German dates were all kind of in a row, and Paris was. And we yeah. had, I can't remember, I think we had, so, uh, yeah, a gig with, so I think it was on a Sunday evening, and we had um, a gig with, with Reels, the that dance band, um, on the Saturday, and I think we had to be, Dan had to be at work or something, we all had to be, on, yeah, on, on Monday morning, so basically, we did the Paris one in 24 hours, so basically, in, again, Johnny Van, who transported the piano, he uh, picked us up, uh, like, sort of, I think about six or seven in the morning, drove us to... Paris. Um, hmm. We played. We did the sound check. Blah, 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 played the show. All that kind of stuff. And drove back. Basically, and uh, got back to London for uh, like nine in the morning. So we did that whole thing. Just like that was just totally insane because his van had no heating. Yeah. We were freezing, yeah. but it was it was great fun. And you were all completely sober as well in the back of the van. Yeah. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Actually, we. I've been we, there. <laughs> we hadn't. I mean, it was it was really insane actually because we we basically only got like maybe maximum two hours sleep the night before because we'd had a late one after the reels gig as well so it was like yeah it was good yeah it, i mean 
it's particularly fun to reminisce about these times now that you know we're well, all exactly locked down. I'm thinking I'm, yeah. I'm eating I'm drinking these stories down like a fine <laughs> wine because like it's, it's there's something when you're in the zone of that isn't there and it takes a long time to come down from that sort mm. of that sort of bonding that that sort of communion you're sharing you know and it's such a wonderful thing and it's like this is my purpose I'm living my purpose that's what you feel isn't it yeah you know yeah and you're craving that that's going to come back to you though I'm looking forward to seeing how that rolls what about festivals and stuff have you done many of them um so we on the festival front not not so much really um like yeah. we were meant to play that german festival I, I, god i'm drawing a blank i saw it we must have done some sort of festival or something but i can't remember anything what oh about yeah you, but, like... um, one thing that i was going to say actually i've realized like, i didn't mention uh, luke barlow who is an excellent piano player sax player who basically learned all the parts that sean was playing and toured with us for the um the libertines tour he just needs to mm-hmm. mention because he's he's ace and i've missed him out of the of the band cool cool <laughs> cool i'll be looking for him to play on my stuff then <laughs> he's great yeah it's like uh, well, like uk festivals have you done many of them like glastonbury or anything Obviously, no, I've glastonbury no, this I've year. I, we haven't really done much of, yeah i don't think we have done much of the festivals so i'm far. just because I, I, i'm thinking of places where you should be playing like and wondering if i can sort of push you in the direction of these people because it sounds to me like your stuff would go down so well in these environments you know so yeah I, mean, I would love to play you know these these festivals um yeah, yeah. i yeah absolutely i mean would would absolutely adore that you know and, and like you say yeah. it's got that kind of upbeat sort of sort of party vibe with the um the horns and stuff so i oh, think that it could be really yeah. um you know it could go you, down you're really gonna well. have people jumping around of course mm. so it's just obviously we've chosen the worst moment in history to discuss this but yeah <laughs> that's yeah. where we're at you know um talk to me about birds and chickens what's the ah. crap with chickens <laughs> So uh, I have a real soft spot for uh, birds. I mean, okay, I, yeah, I, I, I love, I, lo- I love birds. I, I, I love bird footprints in the snow, but more, I like the actual birds themselves. I, I think what it is, it's this whole again. Like this might sound like I'm overthinking it or something, but it, for me, it's that sort of Blakeian thing again. In that this is a, this mm. pure beautiful fleeting innocence of the bird and it's like and the in and you know how we're saying about when you're kind of you know walking through the city or whatever it is or the countryside or wherever you are and then that kind of sense of like you know sort of transcendence that's within it i see that like birds just like illuminate wherever you are you know be be the be they um you know you're kind of cycling on the canal and you see a heron you know whatever whatever it is and i, and I so yeah, there's just something about the. I think I think also you know there's there's these things that must be that I haven't thought of consciously but must be all in there like the you know the, again the freedom the innocence but the, the you know the, the the song like um and I so I I had chicken my my first pet was a cockerel uh, called called yeah. Lucky and um, we were, we were you know very close and I was heartbroken when he died and um, and became a vegetarian for um, most of well I had a period of not being vegetarian but I've been vegetarian for most of my life since yeah. he died so I had a big big impact on me and um anyway so so we so I live in this housing co-op in Acton and we were lucky enough to have for about a year um a, a, a like a house so we had a little garden and in the lockdown um I got uh, we, we bought two little uh, chicks like day old chicks and yeah. um and they were making we called them um uh, Rahelio and Ziamara uh, I don't yeah. know if you've seen the show uh, Jane the Virgin. 
It's like I, this sort I haven't of. Haven't seen it at all. It's like I, a I telenovela. Names, like um, it's it's really funny, silly show. Like basically, yeah. my two favourite characters from it are, are Rahelio and Ziamara, and <laughs> so we we know that. And like, and they were. I mean, they were just absolutely incredible. And we had the the best fun. Um, yeah, you know, raising them. I mean, that they were they were gorgeous, and they were coming. Like we had this whole thing where like, um, they would sort of sit perch on the back of the sofa. We would like say watch like. <laughs> the Godfather or like Woody Allen film and they would just be there like, so they'd be like yeah obviously running around in the garden all day and then just sort of come in with us in the, in the evenings and um, anyway yeah. they so so Rogelio very early on made it known that he was a cockerel like like he would like jump out of the box like about three days old he was already jumping out of the box and things and um, so yeah but then he basically kind of started crowing and things and we were just like we know that some people keep like house chickens and stuff but I don't really believe in that and yeah. I know my yeah. mum's got her own chickens basically I had to make the difficult decision in October to um give them to my mum so I um but what was really funny is that it turns out that Ziamara was Ziamaro so it turns out the whole time we were like raising two little cockerels and um <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I've been, you know I've kind of um done little sort of day trips and stuff down you know when, when we've been allowed and stuff that down to my folks to uh obviously mainly see the family but also see my little chickens that i miss so much and um you, you you got that in there just in time yeah yeah to see <laughs> mainly to see the family but yeah of course well, it's um yeah i like chickens we we when i lived in ireland we used to have a chicken called chicken george but Brilliant. the reason we had chicken george was because we had a boa constrictor and he was supposed to be fed to the boa constrictor oh, no. <laughs> no, but it, it, I know it's not cool. Like, but anyway, he yeah. was in the boa constrictor cage for three days, and uh, the he, the constrictor couldn't eat him, so we kept him. Um, but for some reason, he was fucking crazy. Like, he'd attack the postman. You know, really? he had like, he, oh yeah, he was. My father could control him, but he would run around and attack people. It was a guard chicken. I mean, I understand not why. Because that sounds like yeah, cockerel behaviour. He's a cockerel, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I could yeah. say cockerel, not a chicken. Yeah. A guard cockerel. Yeah, he was he was brutal, you know. But I think with birds, you ha- to love a bird, you have to want a bird to be free. You know, that's then that's what you're describing there by putting the yeah, chickens absolutely. out. Yeah, absolutely. There just wasn't the enough space here. Like, well, obviously, we had, have now moved to a flat anyway, but there wasn't really enough space and it wasn't fair on the, the you know, the, the neighbours and stuff for him crowing away anyway. And my, because my mum and dad right out in the country, they've got so much more space there and they've got their own hens there. So they're like, so happy my mum's constantly sending me videos of like how happy they are running around and like yes so 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 it's all worked out and they're so sweet and gentle as well they're lovely like really lovely um cockerels i think my, you know my mum was and my you know the whole family yeah. very happy to they're severely fluffy <laughs> yeah they're, well they're, they're well i mean Ziamaro is definitely a silky we don't know mm. quite what rahelio is he's some sort of strange hybrid but um mm. Yeah, they're they're excellent, and I can't. Yeah, yeah, can't wait to to be able to see them again soon. They're very sweet. I mean, I mean, like birds do feature in your lyrics a lot, don't they? You've got a lot of birds in there. See, they they do, and again, I mean that that's yeah, where it comes comes back to just I just think they're just immensely beautiful, and just they you, they just take you out of yourself and to something higher somehow, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I I love the fact that they fly on something that we can't see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, It's like, wow, absolutely. this thing is moving on something I can't see. And that's an yeah. amazing thing. 
Uh, they must be laughing at us. Yeah. You know, puny humans. <laughs> oh my God. So this morning, actually, you know, it's snowing. Um, this morning we were, went out um, on a walk and there were some, um, they're, they're like parakeets, you know, the, the green. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was amazing. It was so sad. Like, it was very sweet and quite sad because it, it was snowing so hard that the poor birds, they were like, they were like trying to fly and they kept like nearly <laughs> oh, going no. down like, ah, and then like having to try oh, and no. fly like against the snow. It was like really quite intense. Like then they would like get to the tree and they were like, oh, you like <laughs> yeah, imagine the conversations that we're having like god yeah. This, yeah we've got a virus they've got to deal with the snow you know <laughs> fuck this shit <laughs> where are they from anyway it's it's mad the way that they've sort of populated london mm. isn't it these yeah. beautiful green creatures yeah uh, you have a lyric though isn't it like i'd rather be a, a wounded pigeon than a dove or something like that Oh, give me the limping pigeon than the dove any yeah. day. My muse flies with these urchins of the sky. Yeah, it's basically about the whole dark side bloom thing. It's about the, you know... I mean, one of my, the things that always like brings a tear to my eye is when you see a limping pigeon, you know, when, when it's, yeah. its foot has somehow got stuck in something or, you know, and, and it's there, and it's got a little stub yeah. foot and it's limping around and you can just see it like in pain, you know, as it, as it moves around. Um, but anyway, yes. So for me, that's just all about the embracing the, you know, the, the darkness and the and the difficult and the, um, mm-hmm. you know, the the the, the non pristine, you know, as as being a more interesting place to inhabit, I suppose. Yeah. Well, all, all things deserve celebration, don't they? Essentially, mm. you know, even the bad and dark things deserve some form of celebration or acknowledgement, you know. And um, what about ravens and angels? So with ravens and angels, that that was an idea about. Um, it was like a, again, like the darkness and the light thing. So, so can decide between. I can never decide between the ravens and angels at my side. It's like you know, if you're kind of flying along with the angels, sort of, uh, you know, feeling uh, buoyed along by a sort of ex- exuberant, you know, spirit, and and again, this mm. sort of uh, sort of divine feeling of of wonder and brilliance. And then you've got this sort of dark side to yourself that's. Uh, you know, just sort of meandering down towards death and, you know, the darkness. And I think it's it's about that duality, you know. Um, yeah. Again, about the William Blake thing in, like, uh, Marriage of Heaven and Hell, it's that whole uh, without contraries, no progression thing. You know, you need both there. and um, Yeah, yeah, there's no darkness without light. There's yeah. no contrast. You have to have contrast. So the, but uh, this, the song itself seems to be... Uh, quite specifically dark or about someone personal or something like that it's it's definitely about loss or suicide or something isn't it yeah it's it, i mean it is ultimately about um you know some you know being on the edge someone being on the edge of 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 thinking about things like suicide and um mm. bring, you know just bringing yourself out of that desperate place really and trying to uh re uh just yeah how the lyrics going I've got them here. <laughs> I, 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 I've got them here. I'm like Pete Doherty. I've got something in common with Pete Doherty. I've been reading your lyrics this morning and going, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> and I, I kicked the chair across the room as well. And no, <laughs> It's the electric sky broke up the coastline in flashes of light and it's all burning and waving like the blue centre of a flame. Heard a dying moan, sat by the water alone, some yearnings, well, there's some desires you never can tame. Like all the others, it feels my whole life I'd been undercover. It's always been so hard to decide between the ravens and angels at his side. He was always a lover of these things. Now he walks with the mother of all things, to leave the rest of mankind with their runaways, 
and their rivers and their suicides. He was always a lover of all things, now he walks with the mother of all things. The wild doves all dip their wings in mercury and meet with the believers who've been brought down to their knees and talk of Jesus and politics and trickery and the breaking down, the brutal bludgeoning of beauty to uncover what we were born to discover. Yeah. I, yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, again, it's just that, it's that occupying that, that uh, you know, that, that, that dark space, isn't it, where you're tempted towards mm. something um, beyond existence. And how how do you come close to that to write about it? Because it's obviously quite hard to get near that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I guess I'm just I'm somebody you know who has experienced um, you know depression and things myself, mm. and so it's it's very it's all comes from a very real place, and I've been lucky enough to not feel like that for a while, but to almost kind of draw on that again. It's that kind of you know desperate feeling of absolute hopelessness. Um, you know, has been very real to me in the past, and um, mm. and so it's all there. You know, it's all it's all something that uh, is, I, I think about and, and is real, but luckily not mm. kind of my reality at the moment. And so, I think these feelings need to be um, need to be explored. You know, I think that part of the role of the, you know, artist, like be it songwriter, poet, novelist or something is to explore the, these kind of darker areas because I think a lot of people do have them and it, there is something comforting about knowing that other people are going through that too and being able to articulate it and um, I think that uh, it, it's a shame to kind of stay safe, you know, stay stay in a kind of a, in, a, in, a, in a safe a little area and, and not explore the, the extremities. I think it's quite important to um, let yourself go there you know, even though it might be uncomfortable. Yeah, you basically, you've just described exactly my reasons for writing songs as well, to be in the tunnel and know what the tunnel walls are made from. Excellent. I'd it's, love to hear more about what you're doing, actually. Um, yeah, what am I doing? Oh, my God, I don't know. I Like, I, I released an album, like, three or four years ago that, I mean, it's uh, it was so close, close to the bone. It was such an exploration in how I was feeling at the time. And um, I didn't... I like before that I was playing I, I, in Ireland I was playing my own music right and then I left Ireland and came to London and then I ended up playing guitar with Lou Rhodes for two years from the band Lamb and then I played with Passenger for two years and like for me that took me away from my muse you know I felt a little bit like I didn't pay the proper attention to my muse mm. and then to survive like I have a son who's eight years of age so then I started doing like library music and all this sort of stuff and really still stepping away from my muse but now I'm like I felt at the time when I wrote the last album four years ago that I was so in touch with how I wanted to write songs, like that part of me that needed to answer the call, like the digging deep, the, the carving the vein, trying to find the words that needed to be said. And and I did that and I didn't do much with the album. And now I feel sort of like I, I'm trying to find that part myself again, that muse, that part. I think I've covered it with rubble and... Uh, you know what I mean? But I, I'm digging deep and it's coming back, you know, from talking to people like yourself and that it really has helped a hell That's of a lot. That's great, yeah. And yeah, you're solidifying my reasons for being true to myself. Excellent. Excellent. And so where can I where can I hear your You can hear I'll send you some stuff. It's it's stephenwilliamhod.com, but I'll send you a send you a link. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear. Yeah, you yeah, I'm, 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 I'm enthused. You're, you're keeping me going here, you know. Um, oh, and and you know, talking about the last song, Ravens and Angels, it is like, you know, for myself, even, even thinking about things like the, the subject matter of that, I've also been there and thought about it. And I think that it's important to acknowledge these things and to even celebrate them. Dark moments can be celebrated. 
purely for the beauty they can bring to other people's lives in knowing that you're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's that's my that's my feeling on that. Um, I think w- would you be up for playing a song? Would you yeah, be game? Sure. I'd love to hear something if you if you'd be up for it. Um, yeah, I've got my guitar just here. Cool. Thank you. Thinking about playing that Janae's. Have you heard Janae's Journey? That one on, it's on the Spotify. I don't know if you've. It's not on the album. No, I haven't. Cool. Here we go. So this is Janae's Journey. The dusty stairwells of your cavernous heart Furnished with outsider art Like that picture of a man Tearing the heart out of a soldier boy With all the unreachable grace of a heron This glorious felon They said his chains turned to roses And he fled in the night Up to heaven, up to eternal delight Whilst down here we just wander And fall over in the rain Blush at what makes us most human But try to feel everything And with my fingers on your pulse I find the beat that I need To kick off my boots and dance through the wires That tangles right through to the light That someday will expire But for now It fires up your soul Again, travailing the arteries of innocence The days lost to romance The swallow circling high above the town square Singing that top line melody To your songs of despair And look up at that clock tower See how it chimes away All these obsolete ideas About how we move through the day And lay chain to the night Frozen in fright Tearing through the darkness While the moon shines bright And with my fingers on your pulse I find the beat That I need To kick off my boots And dance through the wires That tangles right through To the light That someday will expire But for now It fires up your soul Up your soul. Oh, that's so beautiful, and there's so much wonderful imagery in there. More birds, I, more birds in there. More birds, and, and <laughs> yeah, I, like for like for me, one of the highlights of these things is like when someone plays me a song, and I just like I, it's so. I don't know. It just it it floods in. It's flooding through the ones and zeros and becoming part of me now. So I. Brilliant. I, I thank thank you for making me aspire to be a better uh, songwriter and oh. lyricist as well. You know, <laughs> that's nice. Thank you. And, and, and I look forward to stage diving at one of your shows yes. soon. It will happen. Yeah. It will happen. It's-
it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Gabby, th- thank you so much for coming and chatting to me. I really, really appreciate you giving me the time and, and playing me the song and letting me know yeah. sort of some of the places you come from, you know? Oh, pleasure. No, it's been a real, yeah, really great chatting to you too. Brilliant. Oh, well, I'll be in touch soon and uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. and yeah. uh, And the snow. Help Absolutely. some parakeets. Yeah, yeah, more <laughs> snow. We'll see. Frosted parakeets. <laughs> yeah, oh, poor little things. <laughs> I know. All right, Gabby, see you soon. Eh? See Take it. care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. That wraps up another episode of Tapping the Flow, and what a lovely way to end it with that performance by Gabby Garbutt. Really caught my attention there. Um, there's something so pure about her essence, the way she sings, and these lyrics are so transcendent they really take you to another place um and it it really i don't know it's hard to explain i think it's something you're gonna have to feel yourself but the way these words dive into certain emotional parts of your system of your psyche and then they come out the other side and they sort of twist the way you feel and i'm going to say in fact that i feel a little bit like a bird flying on an invisible substance when i listen to these songs and i think that's a really powerful thing to have got across so my gratitude and thanks to Gabby for coming on the show and uh, I really look forward to seeing how her career develops in the near future well, or the extended near future. Um, and to all of you there, thank you so much again for tapping the flow. I think the, the best thing we can all do is appreciate our own creativity that's inherent within. It'd be wonderful if you could support the artists by taking a list of them on Spotify or purchasing their record should you have the opportunity to do so. I've released this one um, on a Wednesday rather than a Sunday. There'll be another one on Sunday because I've, I've got quite a few people I'm speaking to and I'm so excited to get the information out there. We're in quarantine. You know, it's a great time to imbibe information and share ideas and things like that. Uh, so thank you so much for tapping the flow. I look forward to seeing you back here again soon. Take care.